to some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters. Hi, I'm Shah. I'm Ollie. And we are Creeping in the Family, a podcast where we dish details about all things horror. I don't know what episode this Episode is. 111. Is it? Yes. 111. 111. Scream 4. Scream I like Scream 4. 4. Yeah? Yeah. This was the last film, this was the last Scream that I saw that I couldn't see in the cinema because I was too young. Because it was 2011, so I remember watching it at Dad's when I was house-sitting because they'd gone to Brazil. And I remember my dad had got it on stick for me so I could watch it. Could you argue that this is probably the most standalone Scream film there is? Yes. Well, yeah, because it's a completely it's new cast, not, but then they not, all disappear. Yeah, it's not part of five or six, and it's no. also not part of one, two, and three. Mm. Obviously, being because it follows a storyline, but you wouldn't. You when you think of Scream, right, if you said name the you'd t- think name, one, two, and three, you'd go one, four, two, five, three, and five and six. Yeah, like four. And I, th- I think that's partly down to Wes Craven passing. Yeah, um, there was such a yeah no, selfish, yeah selfish. <laughs> Nobody would really want to take up his work no. so soon, especially because of how good he was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really it's, it is a cast as well. It is a, a good scream. I think I can't remember where it was in my rankings, but it was pretty high. Um, they did everything right that a scream film should do. Um, it's the only scream film where Dewey and Gale are together. This is true. It's yeah. Depressing, really. Actually. Yeah, it? it's part. Of... And they're not even happy. No, but then again, that that's part of the, that's part of the reason, isn't it? Why they're, they're split up. Yeah. You could you could see it. it um... Well, Dewey was happy. Yeah, but, but Gail, Gail you wasn't. could tell, yeah. And then Gail, Dewey doesn't want to work with Gail throughout the film. See, there's that, there's that separation there. Yeah. There's still that, there's Dewey's still, the dick in this film. Yeah, there's still that um, policeman reporter relationship going yeah. on, isn't there? Even though they are married. <laughs> she's standing outside the hospital and she's like, Sheriff, and he's just yeah. looking at her like, can we, can we talk about this at home? <laughs> I think it's also underrated that this film, because um, one of the biggest tropes of five and six, which I know they can't really help, is... It doesn't really have that many ties in with the original storyline. Um, it's a new storyline. It's new. It, it's it's Sam. Well, it was meant to be, wasn't yeah, it? It's yeah, Sam and Tara. It's no longer Sydney and and Gail and Dewey. It's it's branching off. But this film has you've because you've got Sydney's cousin, so Maureen's. Um, what do they call them? Not nephew. What's the other one? Maureen's sister. Yeah, but Jill's Marine's... Marine's sister's niece. Yeah, niece. Yeah, that's Marine's niece. Marine's niece yeah. and, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and obviously Marine's sister in there. So it's Did got... you say not nephew? Yeah, because it's not so nephew. I know, but niece. you managed to remember nephew. Yeah, but then you were like... Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I was like, what? So you've got Marine's niece, you've got Marine's sister. So there's some pretty... Big characters. Big characters in terms of the relationship to the originals. Not necessarily You could have done characters. a lot with... I mean, they did do a lot with... Jill, but they could have. I think they could have done a lot more with Kate, but they didn't. They like that's one of my tropes of this film. I was a bit like, uh, she was a bit of a throwaway character. Yeah, you've got Trevor, who I think is one of the most forgettable characters yeah, so in the shit. franchise. Yeah, but the Robbie. Yeah, I Robbie, think Robbie's Robbie, forgettable. Robbie, he tries so hard to be Randy. Like, yeah. is, is it Mandy in the new films? The the horror game. Yeah, Mindy, Mindy, Mindy. That's it. Mindy, like. She she's the Randy esque, but she's her own character. Whereas yeah. Robbie just they tried, tried so hard to make him. a Randy. Like you had, 
Randy was like that lovable annoying, whereas Robbie's just annoying. annoying. He, don't, he don't seem to have any any deep these cats, man. Right. So just a quick apology. Before We're gonna have we to start. start locking them out. We're gonna have to. No, I can't. Because we do that we do them. this every episode. Right. So there may be a couple of springs on the floor that the cats are currently playing with, and it's all right when they're on carpet because you can't hear them, but they choose to bring the springs. Yeah. So we need to be installed. Go it. take it over there. I'll take it off her. I'll take it off her. Where is it? Right, one more scoop. Now I've just right. got to find one of the other 30 that are lying about. They're all those. under the sofa. It's all right because I like pushing them in. Right, it's gone now. So, yeah, Robbie, he, he, he just doesn't seem to have his own like un, like deep character profile. Mm-hmm. It, it's just kind of like, oh, I'm the film geek. I'm Rehashed, the yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Robbie, Robbie again, is just a bit of an annoying attempt to bring him back a, a Randy-esque character. Can I add as well, like, the one thing that takes me out of this film is not the characters. Because I actually really enjoy the plotline of Scream 4. And the thing is, Scream 4 set the precedent for Scream 5 and 6 because all of the character, like, all of the motives stem from Scream 4's Scream motive. Mm. Because Jill was very much of the age of social media and stuff like that and yeah. wanting to be famous and wanting to create her own series just like Amber and Richie were and then that came as like vengeance for the lead detective and Quinn and fucking whoever he was that we didn't really care about yeah. six and so this this one sort of set the precedent for its own own series to come up but the one thing I hated was the quality of this film like they put this yeah, fucking filter, filter on, on like what is that there? filter I don't, I don't know why so I, so I watched it on my laptop dad put it on my laptop for me when I was however old I was when it came out. And I remember thinking, like, it's a shit copy, but it's just this weird filter. It's like a sepia filter, isn't it? it's so bizarre. But, yeah, it took me out of it, and it was just so unnecessary. I don't know whether it was because there was a time of year where they had to film, and it didn't quite look right, so they had to put a sort of haze on everything. It's just weird weird that people, like, saw that and thought, yeah, it looks good. So several people must have thought... Because if it's just one person thinking, yeah, this is how we'll do it, they can get out ranked. But there must have been a few people saying, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it that way. It is yeah. I would like to know the reasoning behind it, actually. Right, let's get into the film then, because we talked about dribs and drabs, but we haven't really considered the whole film. So, second poorest opening of the entire Scream franchise. That is literally my exact first note. Probably yeah. the second least favourite introduction. Yeah, it was, it was literally like it just tried too hard the, the, to be meta. The only thing that stops it from being my least favourite is the and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing your least favourite is six. Yeah. Which mine also, I'd probably say, is currently, currently, it might, it might end up changing, but the reason, the reason why I'm the reason why I wasn't massively a fan of six was because, one, I think it was just a bit too much for an introduction. I think Ghostface works best when there's a, a, a person alone in a house and they get a phone call. That is, yeah. that is prime. I've used it a few times in my notes. That's going to be a, a feature for this episode. Prime Ghostface. That is prime Ghostface. Prime ring, Ghostface. Yeah, I know ring, him ring, well. Yeah, ringing up a babysitter or someone who's home alone. Um, so that's why it's probably my least second favourite. My, my, yeah, least favourite second least favourite yeah you that's go. right you literally could not have come up yeah. with any more combinations Se- second least right uh, trial and error favourite second least Gil uh, never mind I was going to say oh something oh my god <laughs> it's going to shit um, yeah so it still is Ghostface chasing someone around the house which is why it's probably just above six which is like mm-hmm. the streets in New York slash an apartment in New York um, doesn't have the same it doesn't have the same vibe to it, so yeah, it's not. It's definitely not my favorite. But just by being Ghostface running around a house, it is kind of 
It just gets it above yeah. that least favourite. If they'd have, if they'd have kept it as in six as Samara weaving, like being killed, and just extended it a bit more and not made it so obvious, and just have that as the ghost face, I wouldn't have been asked. Like it'd have been a decent opening because I enjoyed her character. I thought she was good, but it it was just the way it was like oh ghost face oh no there's another ghost but, face oh that ghost face was killed but I do think the dialogue in Scream 6 could potentially make it not my least favourite yeah when she's so awkward well, and like... that as well but then when ghost face is doing it, well the, the actual actual ghost face and he says um, he's like what is what about the movie or something he's like I don't give a fuck about the movies because that's what I want to hear from ghost face because yeah. Billy and Stu didn't all, really yeah, care about all, the movies yeah. they, they talked about it but it wasn't like oh we did it because the movies did whereas a lot of like we discussed last week, a lot of the motives now are all meta-related. It's not really personal, like a personal issue. The one I really liked was... So it, it might have even bridged a little bit higher for me. And I didn't expect it. And I remember not expecting it the first time I'd watched it. So you had like the stab movie and then she's killed by this Channing Tatum Facebook stalker. Yeah. And then it comes out of the TV and it's the two women, Anna Paquin and... Um, Kristen Bell, I believe the names are. And um, they're talking about like how she like she's talking about how shit the movie is. Then she stabs her. That always got me. And I was like, oh shit, okay, that's fair enough. But I don't know, the the scene between Marnie and Jenny, just it just yeah. I, th- I think they they went into more shock factor. Did and, you see the alternate really, opening? Uh, yeah. I can't remember it, but I have seen it. I like, Ghostface, like, just absolutely bludgeons yeah. around the couch in front of her. That one would have been a better opening, I think. Definitely. But, it, you know, it is what it is. I, 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 do, I do get the idea behind this movie inside a movie, like, stabbing, stab. Um, and then stabbing, stab. No, yeah. stabbing, stab, then stabbing, scream. That yeah. was it, wasn't it? it? It's fine. This is a thing. It maybe I don't think it's bad. It's just not for me. It's not, it's not my personal... Uh, taste, but I can see why they did it because Scream is on meta, meta horror, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so just summarizing the opening scene so you've got stabbing, stab, and then Marnie and Jenny, who are two real characters of Woodsboro, they are having a movie night, and Jenny's talking about how amazing the stab films actually are. And you know, they were based on Sidney Prescott, and it made it put the town on the map essentially. And Jenny hears a noise upstairs and goes upstairs, Marnie's still downstairs. Jenny makes a phone call to Marnie because Marnie's the one that's not like really asked about yeah. stab and things like that. And she pranks her, but then in the middle of pranking her, she hears like a gasp and like a strangled cry. And essentially, Ghostface has killed Marnie. Ghostface then rings Jenny and they have some back and forth. I think that's probably one of the weakest ones where she's like, I've got a 3.0 great GPA average yeah. and an IQ of 138, asshole. And it's, yeah, it's boring. He ends up killing her. There's a little homage to um, Tatum because he shuts the garage door on her and yeah. that just gives a little bit of a playback. But then she's killed and that that's pretty much the end of the opening. Yeah. Right, something I want to say about this film. This soundtrack is a fucking bop. I love the opening song. I I've got it on my it. playlist. It's called Something to Die For and it's sick and you just see so the car pulls up outside and we're in Woodsboro you see like the little ghost face hanging up and Sydney Prescott steps out that motherfucking vehicle and she's just like yeah I'm home and I was and it's just such a good song to go with it yeah it's Sydney's return to Woodsboro since the original yeah yeah two college three Hollywood yeah yeah so it's 
Sydney's long. It's weird because you don't ever, when you think of Scream, you see, you seem to think it's always Woodsboro, mm. but it's actually not. It's, it's only taken place in Woodsboro once, up to yeah, it's three times when, overall. Yeah. So only fifty percent of the films are actually in Woodsboro. Um, yeah, th- this is the first film where Sydney's no. You, you you really get the vibe. Sydney's no longer a victim. Like she doesn't see herself as a victim. She doesn't seem like a vulnerable person. She yeah. doesn't seem like she's she's accepted the 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 past she's got and she's moving on with it. Yes, um, which is good to see because then in five it, that is that times a hundred. Like, for, like in Olivia's death scene, the first time Sydney sees Ghostface or, or there's an attack, first thing she does is leg it out the door and go into the house. So it's no longer I'm running yeah. away; it's I'm confronting it. Yeah, um, which is a big part of Sydney's character. Arc. You know what, Oliver? We, we sh- you should be grateful, really, that we were too young to see Scream Four in the cinema because I'd have been absolutely feral. <laughs> Can you imagine me throughout that scene? I'd have been like. Yeah. Oh! I'd have been thrown out. It'd have been it'd have been too much. But she gets out with Rebecca, who is her publicist, because Sydney's written a book called Out of Darkness, which is basically retelling her story and putting her spin on yeah. it essentially. And um the this really wound me up. Like, why has nobody ever tried to do that yet? I need a book written as if it's by Sydney Prescott's perspective. If that had been a real book, I'd have been on it. I need that book. But we are then getting we then move on to Gail and Dewey. So it then so it's the original three. You've sort of got the main characters yeah. already set in. Um, Dewey wakes up and Gail's in the bed, like sort of behind him, and he gets up. She's still laid in bed. They it, it, even then they just seem so distant and separate. He doesn't say good morning to her. He doesn't. There's nothing there. It's just sort of like moving through the motions. Yeah, it just seems like very. Um very stereotypical average marriage because you as fans for the film you have you, especially after films one two and three you obviously get like dewey and gail stands so you would expect when the family's together and the film are family together you you kind of want to see this magical close bond when the reality is dewey's a sheriff gail's a reporter like the wake up go to work it's just very standard marriage isn't yeah it? it's nothing spectacular we also then cut to a baby Kirby. So yeah, when she, she gets in the car, she's driving off, and as Dewey's come out the house, Kirby's like racing by, and he's say she's saying, um, "Oh, uh, she's speeding, isn't she?" And he's like, "Mind out, Kirby." So you get the impression that yeah. Woodsboro, because you you never apart from the original, you never really see Woodsboro very much, but you it must be a small, familiar town yeah, because he knows be. people by name. He knows the. He knows cars and stuff like that, so there just must be. Yeah, it must yeah. be a really it close a community. Town. And she's going to pick up Jill and Olivia. So it's important to know that Jill and Olivia live next to each other for things that happen later on. But as soon as Jill gets in the car, there's trouble with Trevor. So Kirby says, Trevor called me last night. Then she's like, well, why, blah, 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 blah. And then Olivia gets in the car and she's like, so Trevor called me last night. Oh, we've also got from the book signing scene, we've missed out parts where um so the a phone the do it do it the sheriff turns up to the star because of the killing because the mask and well there's a mask and blood and that in sydney's boot isn't there that's not that's not till later is it not no i thought that was in the same scene where sydney turned up to the book star no is it not no there's like two separate cut scenes oh, i've got it quite early and i'll carry on i can't remember where i was uh neither can i really right can't have been that important right let's go with kirby mentions that Jill, uh, that Sydney is the angel of death, and there's this sort of, I would say maybe like a 
darkness around Sydney. It's sort of like the townspeople treat her like she's scum. Yeah. Which, which is really yeah. odd considering she's probably three quarters responsible for the revenue and the amount and, of... And you've got to remember this point. There's only been one massacre in Woodsboro. But they treat her like she is the Antichrist yeah. throughout this entire film, which but is that, really that, awful. But that would be because whenever... Um, infamously, whenever Sydney goes... Well, whenever there's been an attack on Sydney, all her friends die or people close to her yeah. die. It's that, that type of aura, isn't it? So, Ghostface rings Jill and it's just a typical watch your favourite scary movie. And she's like, oh, I'm hanging up and hangs up and then it's done. We cut to um, Dewey and he's talking about the... Uh, there's little ghost face mannequins. I don't know what the what the street lights. Lamp there we posts. go. Yeah, there's little ghost face all over the lampposts, and they celebrate it. It's yeah. so weird because that's sort of like like Columbine, the Columbine shooting being celebrated. Es- it's really essentially, odd. yeah. It, the the thing is, and I, I, those things like mass death. Well, mass death. Death shouldn't be celebrated anyway, but. There is, there is something exciting about a serial killer, isn't there? Whereas school shootings are just absolute like horrific. Like the even like obviously serial killers are as well. But there's a reason that people idolise serial killers or that we watch all these documentaries. It's because it's it's you do you get what I'm saying? Like without yeah, without, but, without being distasteful. Yeah, but it, it's it, it is sort of similar. I mean, school shootings are horrific, but at the same point, they. You know, the murder of Principal Henry took place in the school. Sydney was chased in the school. It was based around all those high schoolers. And yet they're celebrating this big massacre that happened. You look at um, what's happened at the minute. I can't even remember where it is, which is so disrespectful of me. But there was those group of university students that were butchered. There was five of them in a house that were killed. That'd be like celebrating that in 10 years. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, it it just... It's... Awful, but I suppose it made a point of saying that that's that's how sick society has become because yeah. that's what Jill says later on when it's a motive. So Gail's watching a clip of Sydney in her interview about of darkness. Do we think J- Gail's a bit jealous? Yeah, of course of she Sydney's... is. hundred percent. Do do we? Uh, do we? Sydney and Gail have never actually been friends. No. They're friendly, but they don't like each other. This, as the film's, I'd say probably after Scream, no, Scream 4 is different. That's when it's, the, the, the start to build that friendship, if you can call it that. But yeah, Gail is definitely jealous because she instantly goes back and tries to start writing her own, her next book. Yeah. And she's stuck and that's because of Sydney's book sale success. Yeah. Um, because as you, as you find out throughout the film, it's going well for Sydney now. Yeah, she's, really well. Yeah, she's doing well for herself. So Gail ends up going to the and, book. And obviously you've got to tie that in with the fact that Gail feels trapped in Woodsboro in this small Very town. Very true. Where nothing really is happening. Nothing, nothing other than the, the, the ghost-faced uh, massacres. Nothing happens in Woodsboro. There's nothing to report. Yeah. There's nothing exciting. Nothing to get your name in mainstream media. Because they news. said that she was going into writing fiction. Yeah, like, and like, she just couldn't do it. Gail writes about the massacres. Sydney is the massacres. Mm. So the the fame will stick with Sydney. Whereas if there's nothing for Gail to report, she's gonna drift off and become irrelevant. Yeah. So now is where the book signing is. So Gail goes to visit Sydney and she's just finishing off a passage about Out of Darkness. And there's a bunch of women there, like, listening to her and, you know, really wanting to know her story. Yeah. As soon as she sees Gail, she gives her a hug. And you are right, it's that sort of, yeah, we're 
we've been through this really traumatic time together and we've got we're always going to have a relationship yeah. because of that but it doesn't necessarily if there'd been if there hadn't been this massacre that have been nowhere near each other they're completely different people yeah uh, Dewey then comes in and basically says everybody needs to stay in the bookshop because there's something's happened and he manages to get a track on the cell phone gives it a call and the call starts coming from outside inside the rental that Sydney was yeah, hiring rent, at the time rent, yeah. and they open the boot up and there's the mask the phone and the knife and there's just blood all yeah. over Sydney's which photos. is which is so clever because that now means Sydney is locked in yeah, Woodsboro. She yeah, she's leave. now she's now part of an investigation. Yeah. There's evidence in her car. Even though they all know that it wouldn't have been Sydney. You can't you can't find that in someone's rental car and say, Alright, you can go to the next town or yeah. you can leave. They've she's, got to stay. So yeah, so it's, so it's the, and, and and I think you've got a that bit it, scream four you could easily argue if Say if this wasn't why Sydney stayed, you've got you've got to tip your hat. At, that is such a good Way reason to keep, to keep because the if they didn't think of that, if these killings started happening and Sydney didn't leave, or you, the first thing you'd say is Lightfoot, you'd still be in Woodsboro, like mm. you'd just be out of there. So they had quite a task making a, a genuine, believable reason as to why Sydney would stay in Woodsboro when there's yeah. a ghost face back at back at it. Because even if it was like, oh yeah, for family, you'd think, well, she's not even close with Jill. Like, would she really be that arse? Yeah. But this is a, a, a really good reason. It it sets a solid foundation for the film because it's believable and it's and it would happen in real life. Yeah, and the there's a really poignant bit as well that we missed. So um, at this point, this high school, as everybody in that Woodsboro High School gets a message. And it's basically saying that Marnie and Jenny have both died in yeah. the opening kills. Do you know why they're the opening kills? No. So you know the one that um, Trevor cheated on Jill with? Yeah. Oh, was that it her? It was Marnie. Uh. Because they call her Marnie the Carney, meaning that she's a ride. Ah. Uh. And I was just like, ah, oh, right, so that's why they're the, re- the opening kill. And that sort of correlates with... Casey Becker. Casey being, Becker, being yeah. Injecting stew, basically. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, oh, that's very clever. That's not one of my behind-the-scenes facts, but I just read about that and I thought right. it was really interesting. So there's immediately friction. We, we missed out Deputy Judy Hicks as well. We got a little bit from her, but we get a lot from her now. Yeah. So Judy is actually... The more I watch... She's a simp. She's a Yeah, simp. but she just makes me laugh. She's so funny. And Scream 5, I was, she was the one. Out, even out of Dewey, I think I was more devastated about the way Judy died than I was dead yeah. Dewey because it was just absolutely heartbreaking. I really like Judy, but there's conflict between... Gail and Judy all the way through, which yeah. makes me laugh because she's very much a job's worth, isn't she? It's very much, you know, you can't be in this investigation, you can't be in this interrogation. She's by the book. Yeah, she's yeah. by the book. And she is right in a way because Dewey tries to do the same thing to Gail. It's like, you can't be here. You're not part of it. It's nothing to do with you. Yeah. And then you get the famous line that she uses in all the films. She's like, are you familiar with the phrase, I wrote the book on yeah. this? And she's like, I helped solve these things. Did she? I mean, three, I would agree, yes, but she was just sort of in the right place at the right time for the rest of them. Uh, Scream 2 would have taken place without Gail. Yeah, yeah, it would have done. She didn't really have a massive impact in no. it, did she? And Scream, yeah, she killed... Well, let's be on. Let's none of them solve it. The killer takes off his mask and then Sydney kills him. None of them have solved mm. the mystery. But she's the, got the, this the, inflated yeah, ego fucking, that she's like, I'm responsible. No one solved Scream 1. Sydney literally handed the killer a gun. 
Um, Scream 2, Mickey and Mrs. Loomis again. No one solved that. And the same with Scream 3, Roman. Like, none of them have been solved. Yeah. and But Gail in this scene, so it's like, <laughs> Judy is manning the interview door. Gail's standing there and it's just like the phrases that she, she's like, she says something like, I don't even mind you making my husband those little yeah. treats that you do. And then afterwards, she's like, oh, by the way, your lemon squares taste like ass. <laughs> but Dewey's behind her and he's like, they don't. Yeah. It's so Just funny. classic Gail, isn't it? Yeah, she's so funny. But there's some... You know what? This film, I would argue, is probably one of the funnier of the four. They have got some really good one-liners yeah. in them. And this one coming up's good as well. So there's Kirby, Jill, Olivia and Sydney, and Dewey, I suppose, in the this interview room. Because Jill and Olivia both received phone calls from um, the killer. Yeah. But... Uh, Kirby didn't and she's like Kirby like starts panicking and she's like does, does that mean I'm not going to live as long as they used to it's Dewey's response that finished me because he's like no well maybe <laughs> it's so funny and Gail yeah he, Gail when he comes out Gail's like you know we can do this together I help solve these things I'm, yeah. you know I've got this but he just completely cuts her off because he's a sheriff now though he's not allowed yeah. like you can like you it, it literally will be in his job like you can't because because in personal all right gail is do his wife mm-hmm. but business work-wise reporters are cops worst enemies like reporters yeah. are the ones who who try and leak twist stories and... and leak information and Dewey's is only doing what his job entails and his job's got a lot of responsibility tied with it especially when kids are starting to get murdered again yeah so he's he's only doing what what he's what is legal like you can't you can't let reporters inside on official police business no you can't you are right so it cuts then to oh fuck what's her name what's jill's mum's name kate it cuts to kate's house and sydney's staying there because she's clearly got nowhere else to go now and uh like the dewey and sydney are talking and kirby and jill and kate are talking and she's on about um, you know she's so pretty you know yeah. you can't even see the scars and Kate's like well nobody ever asks about my scars and I actually like that's quite a an important thing because she's got family but this whole thing's so focused on Sydney it doesn't really talk about the impact Maureen's death had on people we didn't even know Maureen had a sister yeah. up until this point so it'd have been nice to I think Kate came really out the blue she did she like I understand what you said when when it's almost like it's almost like a bit of a wasted character as someone who could have... Because all we've ever seen from Maureen, really, is from the killer's side. Sydney doesn't talk about her much. The only time we really hear about her is what, what killers have said about her being a slag or being murdered. Yeah. Or, like, or, or when you read the... Like, it's, you don't, we don't actually know much about Maureen at yeah. all, just what happened to her. So it would have been... There was a potential there for a bit more of an insight into how Maureen actually was. But I think by this point in the franchise, people was over Maureen's death. It's not yeah. It's not about Sydney's mother anymore. Screen 1, 2 and 3 was. I think now it's about Sydney, not about Sydney's mum. So maybe that's yeah. why they didn't, yeah. they didn't delve into it. No, that's fair. But then Jill's like, she means knife scars, mum. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, well. But this bit, right, this bit threw me and... I remember watching this for the first time. And bearing in mind, what, it was 2011. So how old would I have been in 2011? I'm 28 now. So it's been, what, 12 years. So 28 to 12 is 14. So I was 14 when this came out. No, that's right. Now I was 16. <laughs> oh, Jesus. When this came out. But even I recognised there was... Did, did you pick up on like any sexual tension between Dewey and Sid? 
when they were having that conversation. No. We're going to watch this tape, but we're going to watch this back at the end. And when I point it out, you're going to see it. So they, they're having a conversation and she's like, how's Gail? Blah, 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 blah. And there's a pause and both of them look at each other and it's really weird. It's like a romantic look. Mm. It's so fucking odd. And I was like, please I tell I... me that they're not going this way. And they didn't. But when I show you it, we're going to have a look at it afterwards. And when I show you it, you'll be like, oh. Right. I might be like, yeah, that is a weird pause, but I, I don't know if I'll look at it from a sexual No, there wasn't. It's not, I'm not saying that it was like... It, like they were gonna I don't, do I don't it there think and then. There's ever been any hint of them. No, too. but you in that scene. You, I'll, I'll watch yeah. it, but I, I cannot think of any time in the whole franchise where I've ever thought, "Oh, there's a bit of tension there between them two. Right, so we've just watched it back. There is definitely a weird pause there, but it, in no way do I think that's sexual. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's like I don't know. To, to me, that that is the the kind of having like a positive conversation about it and like a bit of a giggle. But I think when you think about the bloodshed and all the close people they've lost, like you look at, oh, it's so bad that I can't remember her name. Do his sister. Tatum. Tatum. Embarrassing. I know, that's poor. Because <laughs> um, you've got Tatum, you've got Sydney's mom, you've got, you've just got all these close people. So I think it's kind of like a, they're having this positive conversation, but then the realisation that think of all the bad that's happened, like all the people that have been lost. I wouldn't say it's sexual. See, I n- in no way, shape or form do I think that Sydney and Dewey are romantically involved or have ever been romantically involved. He always thinks of her as a little sister almost. Like, you know, she was Tatum's friend. But that one scene, just that one clip is just so weird. Yeah. And it does, it, it, if we didn't know the backstory, so you imagine that this was not a horror film, it was just a film and they just had this conversation, you knew nothing about the characters, it, it could be interpreted yeah. as like a bit of a, ooh, moment. But uh, yeah, it was just really weirdly placed. Anyway, moving on from that, we then get Jill going upstairs and Trevor is in a room and it's basically like a reenactment of what happened with um, Billy and Sydney. You know, he was in a room, snuck through. She's saying, what are you doing here? And that's when we find out, you know, when when you go out with somebody who gives you everything and then you dump her, yeah. then, you know, that you mean nothing to her. And Sydney catches them. And there's that moment where, you know, Sydney just sort of she, looks she's at her. She's literally looking through her old yeah. side. And she's like, you remind climbed, me of someone. And the she's boyfriend like, has climbed through the window. And, and but not, not knowing, because Jill's just like, oh, and like, it's really awkward. But knowing what Jill's motive is, I bet she was buzzing her tits off at that moment. She was like, yes, I'm playing it well. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, right? I'm going to I'm gonna just say it out loud now, because we've not really talked about Jill so much. I don't, I think Emma Roberts can act. But I think she only knows how to play one character. And it's a very bitchy, naive, um, uh, mean girl. She, I, I've just, I've never, apart from it's kind of a funny story, which is film. my slight difference. I love that But film. even then, there's they, still they, like they, the they, bitchy they, element. Yeah, it's still in there, yeah. But she's typecast. She can play one character and that's about it. And she's so, I don't know whether she felt intimidated by working with Gail and do, well, Courtney, David and Nev. But it, she just her acting was so awkward in this film. The only when the only time she picked it up was at the end. Yeah. But yeah, it was she's she's not my favourite ghost face. So after that, 
Judy is waiting for Sydney in the shadows. Now, yeah, Judy. What is that about? So, well, it was a red herring, wasn't it? It was, but fuck me, make it a bit less in your face. It like, was she's, funny, it's though. literally like Halloween esque, where Michael comes out from Steps the door behind her. Like, Judy just walks out. These... You don't remember me. I do wonder you? if it was a homage. <laughs> no, it can't be. It might have been. It's, it's, not one of, it's not in one of my facts. Because it's even in the hallway, isn't it? It's like in the yeah. corner of the hallway. It is where it happened in Halloween, so she, maybe. But we know that Judy knew Sydney from high school. She played Tiger Lily and. She was a lost boy, and she was like, "Come on, you." Which is good for continuity because Sydney was doing uh, theatre in college, so it, yeah, it shows it tied that it, it together. Yeah, nicely, it showed didn't that it was it? of interest from the get go. But yeah, it was such a like red herring moment, and she was definitely a killer option. Jill and Kirby are then watching Shaun of the Dead, classic, good films watch. When Kirby gets a phone call, and she's pretty cocky about it, she stands up, and then she's like, when things start taking a turn, he's like, "I'm in the." Because I'm in the closet. Yeah, th- this whole sequence is prime ghost. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. I'm not. I'm not saying that. It, it's a good talking point. This actually because you've got. I, I think Ghostface and Killers are two different things. I, I see. I see Ghostface as a completely an entity co- rather than a, a killer. Yeah, Ghostface to me, Ghostface in Scream Five is an in Scream Four isn't Jill and uh, Charlie. and Charlie. That they're the killers. Yeah. The Ghostface is his own character, and Scream Four Ghostface really is up there with with one of the yeah. best. You've got so j- just this phone conversation, like the the playing games, like Scream Two and Scream Three. That there is no. Well, I'm not saying there isn't any, but there's not. It's not as much gimmicky as gamey. Whereas this one, like I'm hiding your closet, it, it feels very eerie again. Really. Mm. Like 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 that first phone call with Casey Becker, like he's yeah. messing with them. Then you've got like later on in the film a stabbing in the head. Like this ghost face was just fucking. He was up there, yeah. But just a quick note before we talk about what happens next. Um, Olivia, who lives next door, she's just coming back in and she's on the phone to Jill and Kirby, and you know Jill says, "Are you coming up?" And Olivia's like, no, not with the angel of death in there. And she was, so she's in her own house. Yeah. And that's obviously next door to Jill's. So Ghostface is like, I'm in the closet. And Kirby opens the closet and there's nobody there. And she's like, liar. And then he just says, I, it was like, I, I never, did, said, I never it said it was yours. And then Olivia clocks, turns around and then you see, and I, you, well, as we've spoken about it many episodes. This, on this is podcast, one of the most brutal Ghostface Pre- deaths in the right the, the knife through the hand. That that's the first time in in a screen film I think you've seen gore. Like yeah. the, the knife going. Through it was the, fucking vile. Yeah, the knife going through the hand is gore. And then Olivia, when Sydney goes into, because as soon as Sydney realizes what's going on, she's out the door, next door, straight in there, goes up to the room, and Olivia's guts are literally and her intestines. Yeah, just yeah. Go, Ghostface always talks about gutting you, like spilling your guts and all this, but you don't actually see it. But this is the first ghost face you've seen where he he has gutted someone and Sydney sees it firsthand. Yeah, and you can. I really enjoyed the fact as well that you can physically see the you, you can physically see Sydney's like the shock on Sydney's face and like the disgust. Like even Sydney looks away and sort of like slumps down at the wall, like she has no idea yeah. what to do, and then she gets. The, uh, the phone call. Yeah. And it's basically pretty much like, you know, this isn't about you, Sydney. You know, you think you're the star, such and such and such, such but I'm going to watch every every person that you love die. Yeah. And Jill then comes in. Can I just say before we... I'm trying to find it. This is why I'm... This is why I'm on my phone. I'm on my phone whilst we're doing this podcast, but it's to find a photo, but I can't find it. So, you know the bit while when Ghostface 
throws Olivia through the window and then pulls her back. Yeah. So Jill and Kirby are pressed against the glass, aren't they, watching? Jill's phone's in her hand recording it. Is she? Oh, shit. Her phone is in her hand, like, propped against the wall. And I was like, the window, I was like, shit! Like, that is the first inkling you've got. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's crazy. But yeah, so Jill was filming it. But in, like, the shock of what happened, like, you don't really think about it the first time. So Sydney, so Jill comes up and she goes in to see if Olivia's all right. And Sydney's like, no, you don't want to see this. Don't look. And just at that point, Ghostface ends up coming up. It's managed to slice Jill's arm, but Sydney pushes her out of the way so it's not as dangerous. Sydney and Ghostface fly down the stairs. But, you know, you, you expect Sydney to be like, ah, oh, but she just gets back up, full on boots him in the face. He falls back. And then the two police officers come in. In typical Ghostface fashion, he's gone. And in Ghostface fashion, he's gone. Now, Jill, this is what makes me laugh about Emma Roberts in this scene. So she's she's like, she said you were the angel of death. And then she's like, Sydney just saved a life, bear in mind. Yeah. And Jill's like, don't. And it's like, it's not fucking Sydney's fault. But this is where you see the town's like turning against Sydney. Sydney walks out of the... Well, as soon as Sydney comes back into Woodsboro, there's murders. Yeah. Again, that, that. Sydney walks out of the... Um, house and people started gathering around Olivia's house and they're like oh you're just like your mother and stuff like that and I was like what the fuck brutal brutal and she's just sort of taking it all even though it's not really her fault but you know it turns out everybody's all right everybody's fine and after that we see Sid in the hospital with Jill Trevor is there and he's like oh my god you are is it Trevor there yeah, yeah, Trevor yeah. and Kirby Trevor, Trevor carry her out, the don't house, they? Don't they? Yeah. yeah. So Sydney's in the hospital, and Rebecca, it, a publicist, she reminds me of like a mini Gail Weathers at this point because she's like, well, that's what her character is supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, because she's just, buzzing, isn't she? She's, she's just, she's just a, another industry titan where it's all money. Like she, she goes to like she goes on about butchers, and it, it's a good thing. Like yeah, really she's like, you know, we're gonna have more yeah. sales. She was yeah. like, people, they've already said, give us a sequel and yeah. name your price, and you can have it. But the difference between Sydney and Gail at that point would be Gail would do it, whereas Sydney is just disgusted by yeah. Rebecca's actions, and she she fires her. But but Gail, the thing is, Gail's the exact same. Gail's buzzing that there's a ghost face yeah. back. She, she's that's why she's on the ball because it's giving a purpose again. So Rebecca then goes into the car park and she's sort of reassuring herself and she's like, oh no, she'll be crawling back, you know, it'll just need time, blah, blah, blah. And then gets spooked by Ghostface who calls her up. And th- what did you think about this kill? I rated it. There's, it, it's a, um, th- there's two types of Ghostface killings. There's, there's the ones to get kill counsel, which is, is this one. This yeah. is one of them kills. And then there's the ones that... You know, the ones with chase scenes and suspense where... Usually means something. Yeah, and, and I think in terms of... In in terms of the the kills for the sake of getting kills, there's the bit of messing, there's there's a car which is all... Like, yeah, the it, alarm it, it, going off. And, and, and the thing is, it the, the, the play it so well, um, Scream films, I think this is why maybe Scream 3 was a little bit lacklustre in that sense, but... The kills are happening in, in places where everyday people go, well, mm-hmm. you're home alone in a house, you, you're in a multi-storey car, car park, everyone's been yeah. in their multi-storey car parks, and when you're coming out of cinema late at night, how many times have you thought, fucking hell, this is eerie? Yeah. Like, it, it's that atmosphere and that setting. Um, messing with the door locks, I thought was a bit, when did he do that? Like, Yeah. But again, It reminded me of Scream, though, you know, where she's in the police, Sydney's in the police car at the end. Yeah. And he's yeah, pushing exactly. the buttons. And then... It, 
again, Prime goes face, lobbing him off the, lobbing her off the top of the multi Straight onto the news van. Yeah, like, it, it was, for, for one of the kills that's for the sake of kill counts, I thought it was good. Well, it made me laugh as well that they were, they were having a press conference outside and Dewey's like, we've got it all under control because Gail's had enough at this point and she becomes the reporter Yeah, again. she starts asking Dewey, like, questions that... And he's like, can't we talk about this at home? So he's double standard because he don't want her to get involved... But then he's like, oh no, we'll talk about it at home. So he doesn't like it when she's actually doing a job and yeah, doing things by gonna, the book. If you're going to treat her like a reporter, you, like reporters are going to stand yeah. there and shout questions, aren't they? Like if Dewey was maybe telling, like letting Gail more in the investigation than he was, which he shouldn't have been doing because he's a sheriff and that's confidential information. So he's in the right there. But then Gail's going to be like, all right, then I'm going to ask you the difficult questions in public that the yeah. people want to know and put you on the spot. So it's kind of like that back and forth. So even though they're together, there's still that reporter, sheriff, um, conflict going on yeah and then afterwards as well so obviously Rebecca's body comes down from the news van and she just makes that comment she's like everything's still under control then chief and it's, Dewey looks at like fuck you yeah. fuck you and she's just standing there smug as shit but at this point as well Gail's found out that there's a film club at Woodsboro High and she's basically promised them that if they can sit in in one of the sessions and have a discussion she'll bring she well originally she says like I'll do a Q and A and they're like oh that'd be great but do you think do you think Sydney would come and like just Gail's face just drops yeah. and she's like right and the then we get a conversation between Jill and Sydney so Jill's got her arm bandaged up she's in the kitchen Sydney's in the kitchen she gets out chocolate milk and a fucking <laughs> cheese bit yeah, of cheese like who the fuck that's that is one sign that she's a psycho who has chocolate with cheese it's vile and. She's having a conversation with Sydney and she's like, can I ask you something? How do you handle it? But, and not knowing it, because actually she plays it convincingly that she's not the killer. I don't think I suspected that Jill was the killer I when I watched Charlie, it. I Charlie, I didn't suspect Jill. Yeah, I didn't suspect Jill at all. So, you know, she's talking about handling it, but when you've watched it once, you're like, she's buzzing off this conversation yeah. because that's all she wants. She wants she to wants be Sydney. To be Sydney yeah. And they end up then going to the horror I'm just mentioning it because it's got some fucking great one-liners in it but they basically go through the rules so this you're absolutely right this is where Robbie tries to be the Randy character and goes through like what you should do what you shouldn't do and then he's like pretty much you've got to be gay the, in order the, to survive the horror film this is what bugged me dog wrong as much as I, I, I dislike Mickey as a character in Scream uh, Scream 2 purely because of his lack of involvement in the film and him turning out to be the killer frustrating um, you can be a horror geek without being a geek, like you. Yeah. Like like us. Yeah. Like Randy was a horror geek. Like he was a massive horror fan, and he was a geek about it. You yeah. can still be a horror, like Kirby, or like it doesn't have to be this nerdy, um, virgin geeky horror kid. Like just just have something yeah. else. And he and the thing is as well, he looks like Randy kind of. Like, yeah, he's got he had the, the same build look. and the same hair, and it, it, they just tried too hard to have Randy in there. But yeah. Wes admitted that he. he they never like Randy dying was a mistake. Like they, yeah. they should have kept him around a bit longer. So maybe he was just trying. Well, he was a fan favorite, wasn't well, yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, was, but... So they end up letting slip that there's a stabathon uh, going on now. Fucking hell! Can you imagine if we'd have been at college, like uni or if there was college, a if there was a, a screamathon? Yeah, I would be yeah, straight a, there. By this point, how many stabs are there? Are there eight? Is it stab eight they're watching seven, at the start? Seven, eight, yeah, because she's like, well, if stab five is stab six, and stab six is stab seven, yeah, what's so, stab eight and, all and about? We're, if we're saying, like, minimum hour and a half each, which there will be, probably longer, yeah. 
They would have had to start at like seven in the morning to watch all of them back. Unless they do it right into the morning. So it's a night one that goes into the morning one, which would make slightly more sense. But still, in terms of timing, like, yeah, you're you're looking at over 13, 14 hours of film. But it would have been fucking brilliant. Imagine imagine a barn for like a screamathon or something like that. And you just sat and watched. Oh, I'd be there for it. But they refused to tell Gail where it is because she goes over it and it's the honestly it's the funniest line and there's a blooper. Have you ever seen the bloopers for Scream Four? They're really funny because Gail like Courtney can't get this line out without laughing and and Nev ends up like crying laughing because she can't get like she can't encourage it either. But she goes and she's like, "So where's this circle jerk happening?" And she, but she keeps calling it circle jerk <laughs> and it just sets everyone off. But they won't tell her. And so with that in mind, Sydney walks out without giving an interview and they're really peeved off about it. Stabathon then takes place and Gail goes undercover, which is funny enough as it is, because she puts on this fucking ghost face mask and it's the like it's the signal she gives people. Like everybody's like, Oh yeah, yeah. She she's thumbs up in her stuff like that. Like a, 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 a late well not late, but a, a teen. Yeah, a, an adult yeah. trying to play a teen like it's so funny. Thumbs up. Yeah, it's just fucking Gail, in it? But she, <laughs> she's hiding cameras like she did in the first yeah. one. She's hiding cameras around the barn trying to get information. And she ends up going right to the front of the stage and this bit made me piss because they were all like they were starting off. She stands up at the front. Everybody starts booing her and she just gives them all yeah. the middle finger as she walks off. <laughs> So she's got all the cameras in place now and she goes to the like the car where she is and she's uh, using a dictaphone to record what she's going to write for a book later and she's watching the camera footage. And at this point, she's also on the phone to Dewey and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm undercover, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, why are you there? Why are you there? Blah, blah, blah. And they have like a bit of a bickering thing. But whilst that's happening, the cameras start turning around. Yeah, so eerie, all of, really yeah. And so you don't see anything about the cameras turning around until you get to the last camera and it just shows ghost face before it, yeah. it turns to black. And Gail says, I'm going in. And uh, Do, Does this give you the... Nah, maybe not. But I was, I was thinking, does this give you the... Obviously, we all know it's going to be someone related, like who's met the main cast already, because this is a screen yeah. film. But for someone, because Gail goes out away, kind of like hides them in these inconspicuous places. Somebody someone must, must have been, been watching, watching her, expecting her to turn up. Someone must have been waiting for Gail to turn yeah. up. Yeah, and it only really makes sense that it's going to be Charlie and Robbie because they're the leaders they're, of yeah, the Sabbath. So it's yeah, going to be one or the Ch- other. Charlie and Robbie were the ones who told her about the Sabbathon. Like obviously, there's other students in the classroom, but they're they're not characters in the film. Yeah. They're extras, so then it's not going to be any of them. So yeah, you're right. It maybe would have given you the inkling. Yeah. That they, they, they knew that Gail was going to turn up. And Kirby's there as well. That's something else to mention. But I think she leaves pretty early on because yeah. she picks Jill up. But we'll save that for the uh, a, a couple act. of minutes time. Yeah. So Gail goes back in. She's turning all the cameras around. Dewey finds her and he's because uh, he's watching the cameras and he can see Ghostface from the camera. He runs yeah. into the barn just as Gail's in like this fight. She gets stabbed in the shoulder and then falls off the. Dewey misses his shots. Yeah. Considering as, he was such always. a fucking great shot in Screen 3, he's yeah. managed to lose all of his skills in Screen 4. But he, uh, he misses all his shots and Gail falls from the top of the barn like barn shelf thing. I don't yeah. really know what to call it. But she falls to the floor and she's like, you need to catch, you need to catch that fucker. And he, th- this is something else. Do you think he would have killed Gail if he had the chance? No. 
Because Jill it, needed it. Jill wanted Gail to write the book. It, there, there would have been under strict instructions, Gail survives. Like, so he deliberately stabbed her in the shoulder. Yeah, yeah because Gail... He could have killed her. Yeah, oh yeah. He per- perfect, like, you, you see him line up the shot. Like, when does Ghostface miss, really? Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't. If he's getting a knife in you, he's going to be putting it somewhere where he doesn't want you to survive. Yeah. So, and that and he's given away at the end by Jill saying, oh, we can, we can write a book matching wounds and all. Like, yeah. it, she's intentionally left as a survivor. Be- yeah. Because because it'll bring in more media attention, like that that like you said, she knows Gail's gonna report on it, there'll be books, there'll be probably another stab film about it. So she knows that she needs needs Gail alive. So at this point we cut back to Kate and Jill's house and Sydney's there. Jill's supposed to be there because she's under house arrest because she's not a mum's told she's not allowed to go out. So it's really should at this point just be Sydney and Gail and uh, sorry, Sydney, no, Sydney and Jill in the house. And there's wind chimes and it's a bit spooky and Sydney takes the wind chimes and stills them and then it cuts to the police officers. Yeah. And you can take this one because you like this. Yeah, is this one of the random facts that this was based on a real event this, no. this kill yeah it was based I can't remember what, what it was called so it's pouring me to bring it up and not have, not have the uh, the evidence to back the it but, but yeah but this the, these cop kills are based on a real event but yeah this this this, this 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 whole scene it's not one of the best scenes in the franchise but I think it has one of the best still shots and I've, oh, I'll show you it after on Apple TV because it just looks insane so basically these two cops are sat in a car who are on our own house watch um, Ghostface Perkins, isn't it? Yeah, go, Perkins. Go, uh, do you know the uh, is Perkins is out of Scary Movie? Yeah, yeah. Did you know Hoff was supposed to be one of the killers? No, really. So yeah, the cops get it, but the the memorable one is Ghostface. Just th- th- this is why this is why I like modern day screams because it start to give you more and more, like more and more. Got you can see a bit more. It's a bit more brutal, but Ghostface just sticks his knife bang centre in his forehead all the way in and all the way out and the, the Perkins gets out and it I, I love how how well it probably realistic like the the he starts like almost malfunctioning just swinging yeah. because he, his brain will be shutting down it is he's, he's got stabbed in the brain but it's um, gone through a skull yeah but then the the shot of Ghostface stood in the back watching him swing, and because of this is probably the only time where maybe the filter works. The because it's, it's pitch black at night, your Ghostface is stood there, but all you can really see is his mask. You can't see his robe. Yeah. So it's just like this mask stood behind him, and then he like tilts his head as he's walking. I was like, oh god, that looks. <laughs> and the first insane. thing before he drops is like, fuck Bruce yeah, Willis. Yeah, <laughs> but that that like fucking look he's giving, like when he t- tilts his head, it just oh, it's just creepy as hell. Yeah, and then it cuts back to, right, cuts back to Sydney, who is, she's like convinced that there's somebody, there's somebody in the house, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but does she not, at some point, no, so what happens is, uh, she, she sort of pokes her head outside, and Kate pops up first, and Kate's been shopping, she was like, I've been stress shopping, yeah. and she's bought all the food, and so she's like, I've got one more bag in there, would you mind just helping me out with these? So Sydney starts unpacking, and somebody mentions about Jill, and they sort of realise that something's not right, and Sydney's like, we need to go out the back, and they go to go out the back, but they can see Ghostface in the wind chi- is it the wind the, chimes? Yeah, it's a reflection of the wind chimes, and great then, camera work. So the they slam the door back shut. And they start running to the other side. But did you notice that Ghostface runs? No, I like see through it. the blind. You can see it. They've got like can you? yeah, they've got a um, they, they've got like a like a, a beige 
you know, like a roll down blind. You can see him running across. That's sick. I am like straight that. through. Yeah, I noticed it just this time. And they're running to the front door and just as Ghostface, uh, they, they open it, Ghostface leaps forward. They slam the door shut. They can't quite get it shut. Sydney manages to proper yank it. Kate, and Kate Kate's on, on the floor. floor. But using a body weight against the door. And then you just, like, Sydney's like, come on. You just hear, Hoop! Great kill. And what a kill. Ghostface has put the knife through the letterbox and stabbed her through, I would presume, through the back of the neck or yeah, just through the been, like, lower been, back, yeah, like lower neck. Well, and you, you think that's where all your, your nervous system Yeah, so she, her back's gone. Yeah, you're done. Her back's done and then, and her brain's done. And she's just like, tell Jill I'm sorry. It's heartbreaking. And that's, just drops that's to the Jill's floor mother. and dies. And that's Jill's mum dead. So that's literally, apart, aside from Sydney, I suppose, you've got the only direct relative of Marine. Yeah, dead. you are. You are right, yeah. So Kate's dead. Sydney goes up to find Jill. She logs onto the laptop and there's a note message from Kirby saying, I'm, I'm coming, I'm on my way because Jill's like, I'm, I'm bored. Just, just a shout out to Kirby's house. I think it's oh, a very good act three destination. It's a beautiful house Scream, as well. Scream, you know, you know what? Scream one, final setting, peak final setting yeah. of any horror film ever. I'd probably say it's, it's so up there. Yeah. Scream two, the theater also very good. I thought it was. I thought I enjoyed it. Scream three, Romans. Well, the director's house, house, Milton's house, very good. Like Scream four, very good. Like the the yeah, final acts in Scream, the, they don't they don't mix with them at all. Scream five, they go back to the Stu's house, yeah, and then Scream, and Scream. Scream. The final setting is still good. Like the, the yeah. it's, it's theater again. It's kind of. Scream 5 replicated Stu's house and did it well, but Scream 6 maybe wasn't as on point, but I still thought it looked really good. It'd be interesting how we get them to Milton's house in Scream Scream 7. But yeah, that should, uh, it should be interesting. We can't, I can't wait to see where they take that to be fair. But we've got the final act then. So this is where it all takes place at Kirby's house. And so there is, right, we've got in that house, you've got Kirby, Jill, Trevor, Robbie and Charlie. But Trevor is not supposed to be there. So Trevor comes in because Charlie or Robbie, I can't remember which one it was, left the door unlocked. It was Charlie. Jill, it was quite Jill Jill texted Charlie. him to tell him to come. Yeah, he like, says, I never did that. Yeah, she's like, I, I didn't text you. She was like, I left my phone in your car. Was it in the car or in your room? She was, I, I left your car somewhere. I didn't text you. Yeah. And she she goes off. So Jill leaves and it... It automatically sets Trevor up for suspicion because nobody suspects Jill. Yeah. So it's like, well, it's got to be, it's got to be Trevor and Charlie. You would assume. So after that, uh, Robbie gets absolutely wipe out drunk, and he goes outside and he is. Oh, we forgot to mention like a like a bit that's actually quite important. They've got a TV series like a po- a video podcast called Hall Pass with Robbie and Charlie, haven't they? Yeah. So Robbie is always filming, he's always got a head cam on. Which was ahead of, ahead of its time, because back then you used to think that no one could ever do that. Like, yeah. You, you don't have the the internet, the bandwidth to do that, especially yeah. in a town like Woodsboro, where it's not like a major city. But it turns out you can do that. Like, nowadays we've learned that that would be possible. Yeah. But back then it was ahead of its time. So Robbie, this is, I always get Charlie and Robbie mixed up, so I always have to, like, take a breath and think, right, which one am I on about? Robbie's like wipeout drunk. He ends up smacking his head off a plant pot and putting his headset back on, and it's backwards. You knew where this was going as soon yeah. as it was on backwards, but it was still a really good kill. And then Ghostface is behind him, so Ghostface runs up and no, Ghostface in behind is in front. Is he? Yeah, the, the camera's on backwards, and he's holding his phone up, thinking, "What? Hang on a minute." Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's looking at the stream, and he's like trying to figure out why I can't but see it's what's in front. Backwards, and, and then he realizes, turns it on forwards. 
lifts her phone down and goes face is stood in yeah, front of him. Yeah, that's it. And kills him. Like, yeah. Absolutely bludgeons him. Not, not bothered about Robbie's nah, death. Nah, he wasn't, he wasn't it, really it wasn't, a good character. Yeah, he was a poor yeah, character yeah, in the franchise. I had, no, uh, I had no, no feelings towards him dying. But then at this point, Kirby and... Charlie are starting to sort of get a bit familiar because both of them have got a love for horror. Kirby is a prime example of being a horror geek without having to be a geek. geek. Yeah, like she definitely. enjoys it, she appreciates it, and she knows a lot about it. But they, you know, they're having a moment, and they just seems like they're just about to kiss because she's like, you know, this is like, he's, she's like, now will be a great time to make a move. It's like, well, why don't you make the move? Yeah. And she's like, that was making a move. And Trevor comes in and he just makes me laugh at this bit because he just sits between them because they're watching Stab. And he's like, oh, I love this part. Yeah. And like Kirby and Charlie are just sitting there like that. And then when yeah, Charlie leaves. Storms off his little Trevor's like, did I interrupt something? And it's just the response she gives. She's like, who invited you, yeah. Trevor? Get out of my house. Get out of my house. So then there's a phone call. Not a phone call, sorry. The doorbell rings. Sydney... Kirby and Jill are now in the house so Sydney's gone to fetch Jill, Jill. and presumably Kirby now because yeah. she's involved as well and Ghostface is pretty pretty quick to uh, ball, yeah. jump up so they uh, Kirby ends up separated from Sydney and Jill Kirby I think goes elsewhere but Ghostface follows Sydney yeah. and Jill so Sydney tries to trick Ghostface and she tells Jill to hide under the bed which would have worked if Jill if wasn't, Jill wasn't Ghostface yeah, it was clever so Sydney is the master of escaping a house and then running back into yeah. So Sydney gets on the roof and she said, like it's it's sort of like she calls out to her, isn't it? She's like, Jill, go get help, blah blah blah. And then Ghostface sort of sees her. This bit was very tense, so it was like her walking around the roof and trying to find a place to creep in and so on and so forth. But Ghostface ends up at the window. She's trying to get in. She's clinging onto the top of the roof he's gonna stab a hand so she lets go drops down master of taking a hit she yeah. did the same in scream when she fell off the roof and she i really love the camera angle by the way because you see it from Ghostface perspective of sydney on the floor yeah and you see her look up and like sort of tilt to the side then run back in the house then we get uh kirby and sid they go into the basement by the way, Charlie's nowhere to be featured at yeah, this point. Last, so really, it's pretty obvious. Out of the front room, yeah, yeah, it's pretty obvious that he's the killer, even though it's sort of it's do, sort do of you think, takes him out of it. Do you think so? When when he's tied up in that chair, it's uh, like when um, so yeah, Sydney and uh, Kirby are in this sort of conservatory, like not conservatory, but this patio doors between them and the outside. Charlie's there, bloodied hands. And it's, it's actually quite heartbreaking. That, she's that, like, let me in. And she's like, if you can't trust him, do not open yeah, that, that door. Yeah, that, that's what I mean, though. Like, Charlie, yes, at the time, he's suspicious because he's disappeared. But when he comes back here, to me, even though you're suspicious of him, you think, oh, it might not be Charlie. Then. Obviously, after Billy yeah. Williams, we've learned to never trust Ghostface killing someone because you never know. But it, it like the the scene with Kirby and Charlie is one of my favourites. Yeah. Like, so it's... It is literally just a direct homage to Casey, Casey Becker, and, and it, it was. It, I thought it was done really well. But she, you know, when Sydney gives that warning of "if you can't trust him, don't open the door," Kirby does the right thing, and she's like, "Get away from the door, Charlie! Get away from the door!" Yeah. Like he, she will not open the door for him, and he uh, he ends up getting tied up by Ghostface as a result. So Charlie's tied to the chair. One, one thing I don't like here is it kind of like fades to black as also like like kind of like a scene switch. It's really nitpicking here. But no, I get what you mean. Yeah, because then the next it, moment yeah, it's, it's it tied to the chair. It seemed a bit Scooby-Dooey. I was like, what, what is that? Kurt, so then... Scooby-Dooey, what a phrase. Scooby-Dooey. So that... Oh, that's quite good, is it? Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice and dark. On the nose. 
So Kirby then gets a phone call. Well, actually, I be- is it Kirby that gets a phone call? Because Sydney tells him to keep yeah, talking, Ke- get Ke- keep him Kirby talking. Gets the phone call, yeah. And they replay the whole Casey Becker's film trivia thing. But this, but this time it's a horror fan and she goes off like listing all these horror And that films. is so good. I love yeah. that bitch. So she lists all these horror remakes and she's like, I got it right. Because it hangs up like and there's nothing nothing to be yeah. said. And she's like, I got it. I, I'm right. She obviously goes outside. Very fucking poor decision. Like just because you got it right. It don't mean yeah. like Ghostface is not set to play by those rules. She opens the door. She unties Charlie and she's like, I'm so sorry. Blah, 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 blah. And he says something about making a move so he or says, something. Um, something about like, you've waited till now to make a move. All these years of filming yeah. class together or something and you waited till now to, to make, make a, move. a move. And stabs Have her. You, mate, the, I thought he was holding Michael Myers' fucking knife in that it's seat. The, the knife looks massive, but little fun fact. Um, so I, I'm like... I say in the stages, I've not even started it, but I would like to turn one of the rooms of my house into like my little office, like the desk and my Xbox and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'd like to kit it out horror style. My dad recently bought me a Michael Myers mask, which would go What's the difference there. of it being an office or a game or a den? Well, either, either or. It's not a... What do you need an office for? Well, I don't. <laughs> but, but it's just an office space. Yeah. It's just yeah, like no, a, it's got call a, it a got, den. Got, call got, it. got a desk, a computer in it. It's an call office. it your den. No, I'm not 12. Oliver's den. But anyway, so I'm like, I was looking at getting the knife that Ghostface uses in the films and getting it in like a glass display case. So I was looking at it and it's called a Book 120. And it was discontinued because Hunter's, it's a hunting knife and Hunter's complained the blade was excessively large. So it was discontinued. So maybe that's like, because a knife does look fucking ah, huge in that scene. No, that's clever. But that's, that's apparently why they discontinued it because Hunter's con- uh, complained that the knife was unnecessarily large, the blade. So, Kirby is dying on the floor. Not dead, though. And yeah. we know that she's not dead not now. Dead. And to be fair, Wes always... Wes didn't want to kill Kirby off. He liked Kirby. And I think he sort of learned his lesson from Randy because she does stay alive. And his defence of that is, you see her moving in the final scenes. And so it, it, yeah. it's the idea that, you know, she's not actually dead. But for you imagine that we are 2011 fresh off. We assume that she's dead. Yeah. So Sydney's back in the house and she meets up with Charlie and Charlie grabs hold of her and holds a knife to her throat and does he stab her first? I think he gives her a quick... No, I think it's Sid runs out. Sid escapes and Charlie then and then Jill pops out in the ghost face and stabs her and unmasks herself. Yeah. And she's like, surprised. Yeah. Jill, to be fair, is... I, it, it's the last motive in a screen film that I can really tie into because... You're you're more into the fandom side of horror than I am. Like you're you, you're involved with all these other pages, and you 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 like read up on forums and stuff. I yeah. do now and again, but not often. So you see, for 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 motives for five and not not so much six, but this whole we we want to we want to give him a reason to make another film. You you probably seen firsthand how passionate some fans how true are. it is yeah whereas to me that's not the case but i i do see firsthand how everyone in the world what is desperate to become famous at what you don't even have to be famous for anything talented or good as long as you're famous you just gotta, uh, fucked up yeah exactly exactly so i i can like relate to that i can understand that and see that oh yeah that is actually a reason why someone would do this yeah scream six actually makes scream five better for me because it revitalizes it by showing how much ricky actually cared about it richie richie not richie <laughs> fucking out so i had an i had like more of an appreciation as to um 
Richard was that obsessed yeah, with Yeah, that's why. That's yeah, the yeah. reason. Yeah, whereas Scream Fire, uh, Scream Fire and you instantly like, yeah, people do anything to get famous nowadays. Yeah, and so we've got our two killers then. We've got Charlie and we've got Jill. And they drag Trevor out first. So Trevor's been tied up very much like Neil Prescott has. Also wearing flannel. The outfits are pretty much exactly yeah. the same. And But this time Trevor don't make it out because Jill shoots him in the dick. Yeah, which is a... That's such a weird thing to do because Jill's trying to stage it where... So, let's, it looks let, like let, let, there let's, for a yeah, let's just say Jill gets away with this. The the find out that um, Trevor was a killer, that the police think Trevor was a killer. So they go to school and be like, oh, they're, they're interviewing people. Or people just talk and say, oh, we already got shot in the dick. Oh, well, he did cheat on Jill. Yeah. Instant suspicion there, like instant. Yeah. So... It, that just seemed like an out of character thing. Like she didn't need to shoot him in the dick. It, it was just a bit of a. It would raise questions that didn't need to be asked. Also, Trevor had. Um, did he have duct tape over his mouth as well? He had duct tape over his yeah. mouth. His hands were tied. Oh, no, was it duct tape? Oh no, it was, it was Sydney's dad that had the ball in his mouth. Yeah, no, that's that's scary. Oh, is that scary that's movie? scary movie. Fucking he hell. had like a set choker, ball gag yeah, in his choker. mouth. <laughs> That would have made a very weird scene to scream. <laughs> but no, it, they both had duct tape over the mouth and they were both tied up. So actually, they would have seen that on arrival that Trevor's been bound up. Yeah. Like, there's something not right here. But she doesn't think that far ahead. And But Jill's, Jill's motive, like, when I first watched it, I do remember thinking, like, well, what a fucking stupid motive. But her response is like, do you know what it was like growing up in this family? It was all Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. You were so yeah. fucking special. And it was like, she'd never measure up to that. Even before it was Sydney, even with Maureen, like imagine what that would have done yeah. to her mother and, and Living their, in that their family. reputation. Yeah. And, you know, she's saying that she's the new Sydney and Charlie's the new Randy and they kiss and they're going to do exactly what Billy and Stu did and the, stab each other. The, the scene where Charlie and Jill are kissing and Jill's just pointing the knife looking at Sydney, you kind of get the impression then like... Yeah, she's she, not Charlie's, in this with Charlie's Charlie. Charlie's into her, yeah. And we it, find... It was, all, it was almost like Jill, like, it was a gloating thing, like... Jill obviously knows that I'm about to kill this guy. She's looking at Sydney to say, "Look what I've like, I've yeah. this guy. Like, look, look what I can I've do. got someone killing for me. Like, yeah. yeah, it was good. Jill, Jill's not one of my favorite killers, but I think she does deserve respect. Yeah, like, she was, she was good. But she says uh, she ends up killing Charlie because they do a stab thing, and she's like, "Right, you've got to be brave. You've got a thing here," and oh, she man, stabs him to, in the heart. To one even, yeah. She stabs him in the heart and that kills him. And she's like, you know, what people really like is a sole survivor. Yeah. And she th- and I like this bit as well. I don't need friends. I need fans. You know, what am I supposed to do? Go to college, grad school, work. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's a really good monologue. It's so fucking true. Like, I think you think about the influencers nowadays and like things like that. I don't need friends. I need fans. You know, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? Just be like a normal person. Yeah. She says, you know, you don't have to... Have, be able to do something special to be famous you've just got to have fucked up shit happen to you it's true and it's it's so true and with that she uh, she kills Sydney well thing you kills Sydney I remember watching this for the first time and thinking Sydney had died yeah because like you said Scream with 4 was a standalone so it yeah. could have easily been the one where Sydney gets it so this bit is probably arguably my favourite bit in the whole yeah, can, film is Kirby's house the final act no not really no. the hospital's the final act yeah which is, I suppose, like your trickery of the whole yeah, franchise. Yeah. But Jill, like, just goes absolutely acker on herself. She stabs herself in the shoulder, oh, yeah, tears really, her hair really out. Good. It's a really good scene. It's probably one of my favourite scenes in the whole franchise. Yeah, like, I just a, think it's so she, clever. She takes the, the Billy and Stu, like, 
oh, we'll just stab each other a couple of times and say that we was victims. But Jill goes in like, she's pulling hair, her own hair out with, with Trevor's with hand. With Trevor's hand, yeah. yeah. She cleans the gun yeah, clean, and puts it in Trevor's hand. The, t- the scene where she smashes herself through that table is... is yeah, really the end good. scene. And then yeah. she manages to crawl over. And like plates herself. Exactly like Sydney does, the mirror opposite. Yeah, and it, it, that, that is kind of like the... The um, what's the word? The representation of passing the torch. Like yeah. Sydney's dead on the floor in that position, and Jill's a survivor lady in that position. Yeah. And the, we... more, the more we're discussing this film, the more respect I'm gaining for it. Like, yeah, it's a good, so, it's a solid entry. You can to the tell franchise. it's a Wes Craven scream. Like, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. So uh, once Jill is laid on the floor, Dewey and the rest of the police come in quite quickly after that. Dewey looks devastated when he sees Sydney dead on the floor. He's like... At, at this point as well, first time watching it, you're like, the fucking bitch. Like, she's I thought she'd yeah, done it. You're like, I, you, you, you yeah. sat there like that. Fuck, you, you're screaming like, she's a fucking killer. Like, you think she's got... And when Dewey stood at a hospital bed, like, sympathising with her and being and like, like, oh, like, you're going to be okay. Trevor. Yeah. And then, like, she goes through like, it. But then again, this is credit to um, Emma Roberts' acting because then we go on to the... Which is one of the best... One of, like, the... So this is the first time where like the end the, the act the final act hasn't had the killer reveal. Yeah. Like and it's all dead and buried. Like so the film's still ongoing. And you get Dewey talking about Jill and sympathising, speaking softly. And then uh, And she's the one doing the same. She's like Yeah. But she, she says, doesn't she? She says Gail um We can match write books asked, with her. She asked what about your wife? And he's like, Oh, she's gonna make it and she's like, Oh blah blah blah, we could write a book Without matching wounds, wounds and, and all. all and Dewey don't second Wait. guess it. Um, that's why then, he needs Gail and then he also tells her that Sid's very much on the ropes but she's, she's alive like, like she's ser- Sydney's seriously close to death she's, but in she's ICU like, isn't yeah, she yeah she, she the, the, the doctors think she's going to make it um, and then he fucks off the girls room and the switch in Emma Roberts' face, face just drops like her acting in there is quality like as soon as Dewey leaves that room her face is just killer Thunder. it's literal pure killer in her eyes well just before it don't she she says to Dewey when he's like you know it's touch and go she, she's she been through a lot but they think she's going to make it she's like I want to see her yeah and it's like don't let which her is, see her which I, I know I know so we'll, we'll get this bit out of the way first so I can comment on it and then Dewey goes and speaks to Gail lets her know about what's happened blah 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 and then With Gail's like yeah Gail's like how does she know I was stabbed in the shoulder thank you Gail then somebody fucking yeah, twigs it then Dewey it's like shit legs, legs it back but then you go to Jill and at this point you know Jill's never going to get away with it because yeah. she has to now go and kill Sydney in hospital this bit is fucking vile by the way so she's yeah. like you just went fucking die and she's Who like what are you Michael, Michael Myers, Myers. Yeah, yeah that was sick. really good but Sid, this bit I think I don't know, it's because it's one of my like sort of shudders and it's whenever she grabs for her stitches and she's like, how's those stitches? And yeah. I'm like, ugh, because it just makes me feel the, the, ill. The, the final, the final final. Oh no, dream. she smacks, she smacks Dewey with a bedpan like eight times as yeah. well. <laughs> proper, proper waxing about. But yeah, then they have their final occasion. One of the better kills in the franchise is um, any last words because Deputy Hicks runs in, saves the day. Which kind of like throughout Scream Four, I didn't like Deputy Hicks. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. But as once you've watched the film a few times and stuff, and especially with Scream Five, you do learn. She's alright. Yeah. She's a good character. So she comes in, saves a day. Um, Jill shoots her, but she's wearing a bulletproof vest. We don't know that yet. Wear the vest, save your chest. Um, gooey, uh, gooey. Gail, that's, that, that's yeah. Twice. I was going to say that's that's not even the first time I've said that. Gail's about to get the same. She puts her hands up and she's like, "Can I just have one final yeah. word? Any last she's words?" Like, and she's like, "Clear." And then she's like, "Clear." And then Sydney's behind her with a clear defibrillator. <laughs> defibrillators. 
Angels. Um, shock, uh, Shocks shock, and, shock like, in fries head. her brain. And that's a, is, is that the first time they don't double tap her? They Should do we? double tap her. Do they? Because she says uh, it's... So then Galen, let me have a look. She can have one final word, clearly, and Dewey's like, what hit me? Because he wakes up and Sydney's like, don't ask. And she does, wear the vest, save your chest. And then one of them says, always coming up behind you or something like that. And Sydney just turns oh, yeah, and shoots her in Jill's the head. She's got the glass, hasn't she? Yeah. Going for Sid with the glass, yeah. And she, she, uh, she shoots her straight in the head. And then she lays there with Jill and it's almost that mirroring again. And she looks at her and she's like, I think I feel a lot better as, now. As soon as Sid survived, like that was Jill's plan over because she either had to kill her yeah. in the hospital or let Sid get away with it. Well, I didn't know what they were going to do because if you remember what Dewey said beforehand, he was like, they're not sure if she'll remember anything. So you're, mm. you're going to have to help her. I didn't know whether Sydney had had some sort of memory loss. Or... It's a shame that Scream is, the Scream, the Scream films are all based on whodunits. That's, yeah. all, that's all they are because... It would have been interesting for Sid not to remember, and then in another film, it come out. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that's what I wanted Scream Five to be because it's it, definitely it, what it, I wanted Scream Five to be. It has to be who done it. It has yeah. to be that is a Scream formula. It's killers, killings happening, and you trying to work out who it is. It's like a murder mystery. Um, but yeah, it would have been interesting to see like how Jill. Well, Jill like, being could, the opening could, kill could, in the film. Yeah, Jill the being the Jill, yeah, Jill being yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, Jill being and then. Jill dying, never knowing that Sydney, never knowing that Jill was, Jill was a, killer, a killer until maybe later on in the film. That that would have been good, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that that that, that was it. That was the end. Cla- a, a really film. solid entry. It really is, solid. It's a cracking film. When, when you because it's it's essentially a reboot of the franchise when Scream Four came yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, when, um, when did Scream Three come out? Was it the year two thousand? So it'd been eleven years yeah, since Scream Three had come out. You, you know how iffy horror reboots can be, but it. it Wes Craven just smashed it again as he normally did. Solid film. Right, so I've got quite a few fun facts and behind the scenes and whatnot, but first of all, what was the budget for Scream 4? I'm going to go with 33 million US dollars. 40 million US dollars, you were nearly there. Just out of your 5 million range. And what was the box office for the film? 76 million. 97.2 million, but the lowest ranking... Um, sequel of the franchise mm. it made the least amount of money so behind the scenes for uh, see, uh, Jesus behind see. the scenes facts that's what I meant to say it was the last film Wes Craven directed before he died of brain cancer on August the 30th 2015 Rest in peace, Wes Craven. what a hero he was 76 years old uh, Courtney and David filed for separation in 2011 the film came uh, 2010 the film came out in 2011 although there was some tension on set it was said they remained polite and respectful you wouldn't um, be able but, to tell by the act. Well, you would. It, do you not think, like, in a way, like, it just, it felt like, it felt like it mirrored it a little bit, the sort of, like, breaking of a can't, can't marriage. Know, but the parts but the it was meant they to be, be like that. Up, they really did play Yeah, they well. did. They did well. In deleted scenes, Dewey explains to Gail that Neil Prescott, Sydney's father, died, and it was Sydney's first time back since his death. So, although that was cancelled, so we don't actually know that Sydney's father's died, um... Sydney in in the actual thing Sydney would have been back at Woodsboro beforehand yeah. uh, to for her father's death. Kevin Williamson had many clashes with the Weinsteins so Ethan Kruger was brought back in from Scream 3 for rewrites. It's said that the script varied massively from the original. Nice. So they wrote two different films essentially. For the first time in the Scream franchise, a CGI knife was added because Wes Craven didn't want to use I knew prop that ones. One. I knew that when he was sick of using rubber knives. Yeah. It was the first Scream movie not to feature Red Right Hand. Oh, yeah. In his first early draft, Dewey and Gale had a baby, but it was changed because it would make shooting impossible. 
Um, Hayden Panettiere, who played Kirby, was so unhappy with all the rewrites, especially in regard to her character, she nearly quit the film. Matthew Lillard visited the set one night. It's the first film where Marine doesn't appear in picture or um, like Which was, reason. But I, I said dinner that this is a film where it's no longer about the Marine. The only time that a mother was mentioned was when the, there was like that one shot yeah. of you just like your mother. That was literally it. The opener was supposed to be Sydney and her friends enjoying a dinner party and celebrating a book release only to see her attacked and stabbed before cutting to three years later. This was rejected by the Weinsteins. I like that. I thought it would have been a fucking great opener. The reason why the Weinsteins rejected it was because they thought it was too long. Ima- imagine the... No, it needs to be long. Imagine the suspense of like... Because you always know, barring Tara in Scream 5, but obviously that this is before that... If, if you're in that first scene when Scream starts, you're about to get it. Imagine the suspense when the first scene had Sydney yeah. and you'd be like, no, so no. So Sydney was like brutally attacked. That would have been fucking stabbed. sick. And then that it would have been right good opening. Three years later and have Sydney stepping out the car. That, that would have been a really good opening. Yeah. That. Not no, thinking, really let thinking, it down. has Sydney just been the opening kill? Yeah. Oh, that would have been good. That would have been good. It's such a wasted one. So that was my behind the scenes facts. So my would you rather this week is. A follow-up from the last one you asked me after the Pooh Keeps tape. So yeah. you asked me what serial killer I would want to interview the most. Right. And then I reversed the question, but I saved it for this one. Which fictional serial killer would you like to interview the most? And why? Ooh. Um, fictional serial killer. Because that's not an entity or anything, so it's got to be like a So it a could be a Billy killer. Loomis or a... No, I won't really want to Jigsaw or... Oh, Jigsaw. I feel like we... We know too much Jigsaw about would the, be a fucking good one. Yeah, it would be. You, you'd know too much about the Scream ones. You sort of know, you sort of know what's going on. Um, I would pick if it were me. Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers. You'll get more child than. That's gonna say they don't. Really and you are interviewing much. him character, so. Norman Bates from Psych. Nice. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, Freddy Krueger would be a good one. He'd be sick, and I reckon he'd be a laugh as well. Yeah, fair play. I'll give you that one. So, film for next week. Go then. One of my favourites, American Psycho. I've never watched it. You've never watched American Psycho? No. It's a it's a different type of horror. One of my favourites, so... Is it long? Uh, not too long. Under two hours, I hate I think. ones that I don't watch. Well, I love them, but I hate them because it's I've got so, to pay attention and write. It's definitely more of a psychological film. Okay, that it sounds is. like... Um, it is good, though. I can't believe you've never seen American Psycho. Yeah. I'm ordering a, a rug from American Psycho, but I'll show you it when... Well, it's a rug based on American Psycho, but I'll show okay. you it after the, after we've watched the film. All right then. Um, and then it, is it my mini episode next week? Yeah, mini episode next week. What are you? Any ideas no or idea. just? Is it going to be one of those ones that you don't have to do any work on, and then we just po- turn po- up on the po- day? Possibly, <laughs> those are the ones where we talk the most. So this you never is true. Know. This is true. So yeah, tune in next Monday for the my spin-off, whatever that may be, and then it'll be American Psycho the week after. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.